0: Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. (coughs) Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. Oh, a little booger there. Hello, welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. Shock Monkey Radio is sponsored by Royal Builders Custom Construction Company located out of Charlotte Hall, Maryland. Give them a Google. Uh, or you can reach them at 301 884 2699. That's Royal Builders Custom Construction Company Incorporated in Charlotte Hall, Maryland. But more on them later before the news is worth knowing. Happy Cuatro de Cinco. I mean, Cinco de Mayo. I don't even know what I'm celebrating. I don't care. It's just an excuse to drink. Mmm. Celebration to you. Uh, so um, we're back in the studio. We're back in the studio, uh, that, uh, that KKK guy up in, uh, down on Richmond. What's his name? Ralph? Ralph. Uh, he's just eased restrictions. He kind of like pocket vetoed, uh, any more, uh, news, uh, measures. I think that's a good thing. So, uh, we're back in the studio, coughing on each other, making out, you know, we're just, uh, going straight for that herd immunity thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's, there's downsides as well, you know, no more smoking, Uh, But, you know, you take your good with the bad. No more smoking like Larry King in the 80s. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Last night I was on This Is Not A Scott Cast with Scott Wharton. Uh, So you should go look out, look for Scott Wharton, W-H-O-R-T-O-N, Wharton, Wharton, is it A-E-K? W-H-A-R-T-O-N. W-H-A-R-T-O-N. Sorry, Scott. Um, uh, yeah, so I was on that. I was, uh, I was pretty tarnished, um, when I did it. So I really don't remember a lot of what I said. So if I pissed you off on that, my bad. Um, so yeah, I was about nine sheets to the wind. So, but you go, to go check out, uh, Scott Wharton's comedy. Uh, he's a, he's a funny dude, a little tall for my taste, a little too hippie-ish for my taste, but Hey, you know, we all got our, our preferences, right? And so this is our last um, freebie episode. Um, we've been putting out these, this content for free up on YouTube. Uh, and then uh, next week we're going to be moving back uh, behind the paywall. Uh, I will still be putting clips up on this YouTube channel and uh, so forth. Just, you know, uh, teasers and so forth to get you to become a patron. Go over to patreon.com slash Three bucks a month, you know, three bucks a month. And you get, that, you get access to all of our content, all of our content. You can also advertise there uh, as, uh, Royal, Royal Builders Custom Construction Company Incorporated did. Uh, so you can advertise with us if you want. Hey, but this is our last freebie episode. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you, uh, are, are, uh, have enjoyed our content. Uh, hopefully today won't, we'll, won't, well, I don't think t- today's going to be as funny as last week. I think I was really, really funny last week. I'm pretty hilarious sometimes, but sometimes I get ornery. on a little, little moody and mean. And so that's, I think that's what we're uh, that's what we're dealing with today. So enjoy the last freebie episode. Go become a patron over at Patreon.com/slash/ShockMonkeyRadio. I'd appreciate it. So you know what occurred to me last night is that no matter what, no matter what happens in the, in November uh, or four years after that, Trump, Donald Tr- J. Trump, is going to be an ex president someday. Uh, and I know that if there's liberals among you who are, who are watching, um, you probably saying, "Yay! one day he will be an ex president. And, um, but what makes me sad is that he's going to be an ex president. And so every now and then the media is going to go ask him to chime in on the national conversation, just like every other ex president that exists. Everything that, you know, every, every now and then you hear Obama come and throw his two cents in and in, in on the conversation and just like, you know, I didn't like you then. You know, I respected you while you were president because that's my job as an American. You got to respect a president. But uh, you're out of office now, Barack. I don't give a shit what you think. So, and I'm going to tell you one thing is like once Trump's out of office, I'm not going to give a shit about what he thinks because I didn't give a shit about what he thinks even before he got into office. Now he's a president. I kind of have to give a shit. Anyway, you know, I, I do not like him. I don't like him as a person, but he's the kind of dick we need to fight off this liberal, liberal media, basically. So I'm sick of him. I'm sick of his face, his, his weird 80s sex doll face. I'm sick of it. Uh, I mean, I'm going to vote for him, but Trump, Trump 2020, make America great again. Fuck, I'm depressed. Anyway, you remember when social media started? I do. It was mostly in AOL chat rooms. Now, some people could say that, you know, um, more advanced users of computers back in that day and age uh, would use IRC, Internet Relay Chat. But I think a lot of the culture, uh, because of AOL's ease of use, a lot of people, casual users of the Internet, uh, were able to access the Internet and join social media through AOL and specifically AOL chat rooms. Now, I don't know if you remember AOL, AOL chat rooms back in the day, but they were horrendous. Okay, they were horrendous. You'd go into any chat room. You could be like a Christian singles chat room, and there's, there's always a, a, a five or six people saying, "Any girls want a cyber?" in a Christian singles chat room. Or there's a one guy typing the n word every 18 seconds. You know, after all, it's a bunch of 14 year olds sitting on the uh, sitting in chat rooms talking to each other, saying the most horrible things they can imagine, explicit sexual descriptions, all this kind of stuff. And that's what chat rooms were. It's who we've always been when it comes to uh, uh, social media. It's like, we're horrible, horrible people in our private thoughts, but somehow the internet has given us a way to show everybody our private thoughts. You know, uh, back in the 80s, nobody would give a shit about some guy like me ranting on a corner. <laughs> so, but thanks to the power of the internet, I can sit here and beg you for money over at patreon.com slash But the point is, is that, you know, when people look at social media these days and how horrible some of the comments are and and everything like that, you know, the the level of disgustingness has not changed from the AOL chat rooms to the Twitter of today. You know, people are horrible people. The only thing that is different is the amount of censorship, you know, in – in uh, in AOL chat rooms, there was no one, nobody really going in there and, and kicking people out. Yeah, there were some moderators and so forth, administrators of AOL who would kick out people who were like saying the N word over and over again, which makes sense. But I'm not saying that you know if you say it over and over again. But if you say it in, like a paragraph, or you know, or something like that, once you shouldn't be you shouldn't be censored. You know, and social media is a different thing nowadays, especially because uh, you can choose who likes who who can view your stuff or whose stuff that you view. In a chat room, there was no real filter. I mean, if some guys type in the N-word every 18 seconds, you can mute them. I think there was a feature in the AOL chat rooms like that, where you can mute a person. But, you know, the horrible things that people say has not changed from the 90s to today. People say horrible things on the internet. That's what they use the internet for. It's a place to hide behind and spout out the most ridiculous shit that's in your head. Because we all have ridiculous shit in our head. Or maybe I'm just <laughs> imbuing my my own personality on all of humanity. I'd like to think that all all of humanity is not like me. So in the modern era, when it comes to like uh, social media companies like YouTube um, uh, backing the World Health Organization in a time like this, you know, you really got to question, you know, what's going on. You got all these Karens out there reporting people, tattling. You know, uh, whether it's a, a, a video on YouTube they didn't like, uh, a tweet they didn't like, you know, or if, it's, or if they're just some, some angry-ass cat lady sitting in her apartment looking out the window and seeing some guy go outside and getting pissed off and then calling up, calling, calling up the cops to report on somebody not social distancing. Okay, Karen. That's the problem with the Internet. It's this double-edged sword. It's giving everybody contact with us as well as contact with the whole world. You have access to each other at an unprecedented level these days. And we are horrible people. At least I am. You know, and I don't even like these uh, social media companies or Hollywood movies kowtowing to the Chinese government. Especially without all, all the information that's been coming to light today about what's been going on with this uh, this uh, Wu flu. What does Gavin McGinnis call it? Oh, I'm not even going to say it because it's so offensive. Anyway, so it's so offensive. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Gavin. You got me there. I don't have the balls to say that word. Anyway, so I don't like that they're town to China. I don't like that Hollywood is editing their movies to appeal to the uh, the communist government of China. The internet, the internet was an innovation in the First Amendment, and we shouldn't forget that. i mean even I even remember websites back in the day with the free free speech on the internet campaign. What were they? Blue ribbons or something? Blue ribbons for internet free speech. Even back then, people were talking and said that the, the internet is, is a platform, is, a, is an innovation in the First Amendment, in the freedom of speech. And this is why there's been unrest all over the world, because as people gain access to the internet, they gain access to information that their government may not allow them to have. Donald Trump, don't trust China, China asshole. That's some guy who has access to some sort of internet or some sort of information. Other than the state-run media. When we're talking about China, you're talking about a horrible, horrible regime that keeps most of its population enslaved. That accidentally turned into a anti-China rant. But my point is, it's like social media should not be censored. You know, if you if you see a racist guy type in the N-word every 18 seconds, you could just mute him. You can unfriend him. You can stop following him on Twitter. <laughs> You know where that guy is. You know where to find him. If you ban him, he's just going to go somewhere else and pop up somewhere else. Anyway, so I watched the the series Waco on Netflix uh, based upon Ben Shapiro's recommendations. Um, And I don't want to comment too much on the series itself. Uh, I'm not even going to give it stars or anything like that. I just wanted to talk about a couple things. Uh, Ben was right that this was a very... Very libertarian series, and it does discuss things like Ruby Ridge and the Waco, obviously uh, events where um, where uh, uh, federal agencies, government agencies, are over had been overstepping their bounds in certain instances, like the Ruby Ridge incident. That's totally on them, not uh, on not on the, not on the, the family. What, what were their names? I can't remember. I can't remember the names. Anyway, so and same thing with Waco. What David Koresh was doing was despicable, horrible but not necessarily illegal, you know, and I don't, you know, basically what they have like a gun charge on him or something and you end up with tanks outside. And so I think it's very important to understand that, you know, there's been a history of federal agencies, whether it's ATF or the FBI or whatever that have been, have overstepped their boundaries in terms of what they, they should be doing. And I think this is is incredibly important when we're talking about things like the FBI uh, and the Michael Flynn case, where the FBI has been trying to get, quote unquote, just to paraphrase, to get the Trump administration. That is not what the uh, uh, federal agencies should be doing. Federal agencies should be impartial. What I like about Supreme Court justices is Supreme Court justices are not allowed to, like, clap at uh, certain parts in, in, in uh, when they're sitting in Congress or whatever like that. They're supposed to maintain the appearance of impartiality, although we all know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we all know that there is partiality on the Supreme Court, but at least they have to maintain the facade of being impartial. And I think federal agencies should be nonpolitical, FBI, ATF, and they should know what is in their purview and what is in their rules of engagement in terms of human, uh, I'm sorry, uh, American rights. Being infringed. David Koresh is a douche. Don't get me wrong. Do I think he should have been taken out like that? Absolutely not. When kids get killed in there? What the hell? Anyway, that's the first thing that pissed me off about the series. Here's another thing that pissed me off. It reminds me of some other thing, but uh, David Koresh was, was a real asshole. But then again, so is Ted Bundy and Charles Manson, at, uh, what's the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez? The hell, do I don't know, know all these names. Um, but people like that, like Richard Ramirez and and Charles Manson and uh and Ted Bundy, not so much David Crash because he's dead. But um, uh, these guys will have a line of women standing outside their prison waiting to fuck them. And I really, I'll never understand this idea of women wanting to fuck a a, super, uh, a, a serial killer or a uh, or a cult leader. Well, he says he's Jesus, so Jesus would fuck everybody. How stupid are you? How stupid are you? As if, I went, if I went to my church and my pastor said, it was like I want you to give me, sell all your possessions, give me everything, and then we're going to go buy property in South America. I'm like, I'll bring the Kool-Aid? No. No. Be smart enough. Be independent thinking enough. And I'll just never understand these kind of women who uh, fantasize, you know, sitting there with their uh, serial killer trading cards flicking their bean to Ted Bundy. What's wrong with you? Those people are evil. E.K. looks at me like, did he really just? Yeah. Yeah, I said that. So here's the thing is I think a lot of women get confused about serial killers. They think that they're an alpha. Serial killers are not alphas. Serial killers are evil. All right? They're evil. Cult leaders, evil. If, if David Koresh comes to you and it's like, "Well, God, I am the son of God, and I have to fuck every woman here," um, sorry, <laughs> I, I don't I have I have doubts on your claims. Use your own brain, and when it comes to you know women think, you know, thinking that serial killers are sexy, it's like you don't know. Real alphas don't have to prove they're alphas. All right, when Charles when uh, it, in, in, in a world where Charles Manson gets more pussy than me, it makes me want to super villain the fuck out of this world. You know, it makes me want to like build a build an under undersea, uh, undersea hideout and find a way to ignite the atmosphere. And I can show you what a real alpha is. I can show you that Charles Manson and Ted Bundy were underachievers. If that doesn't get me laid, I don't know what will. I'm super villain. <laughs> Excuse me. I hope EK didn't go too far. I got the ad in the news coming up. So let's go to the mailbag. It's been a while since we've been in the mailbag. Um, apparently, everybody's been taking uh, advantage of this. I didn't go far. Okay, what, did you have to go pee or something? Uh, checking on Luke. Oh, okay. So, uh, do you have to go poo? Was that it? You, do you have to go poo? You have to go poo? Anyway, so uh, we're going to the mailbag. Um, uh, I opened the door for people to say, like, if you don't want me to use your email address, and people are using it, like, like 100%. I understand, you know, you don't want me to put on blast on my show. Uh, so I got an email that said, basically, how smart are you exactly? And uh, uh, here's the thing. I got my IQ tested once. And it was uh it was one forty something. Now here's the thing, I don't really care because I think that test that test and most tests that like to uh, to measure especially in intelligence, I really don't like tests that test like try to put you in a category personality, like the E N F T P uh server. Was that EN, ENFT I don't know Exactly what you're talking about, but I don't know any of those abbreviations. Yeah, is it ENFTP colon slash slash file dump dot org or something? Like yeah. Anyway, so I, you know, I don't believe in those kind of tests. I don't think that they're very useful. And so uh, I don't think there's any kind of universal way to measure somebody's intelligence, just as, a, just as I don't think there's any way to universally ascertain somebody's personality. People don't fit in boxes unless you chop them up. Thanks, Ashley. The, uh, so, um, but I'm not real smart, especially when it comes to uh, math. You know, I'm, I'm very, I got, a, I'm, I'm pretty intelligent when it comes to verbal ability and uh, I guess I got a large vocabulary and a superficial, uh, ahead, what's what find? uh okay. So, uh a superficial charm, I guess, maybe superficial uh, An eclectic. How about eclectic charm? You know, and I'm able to use it all to, to my adva- advantage. I play to my strengths, but when it comes to math, you know, I still use a calculator for two times eight. Sixteen, right? <laughs> so you calculate faster than me in that regard, and so, um, and even when I roll dice, you know, I still count the pips and the Gladys Knights, and so, um, you know, I try to flaunt my my intellect. You know, Scott uh, Scott Ward was giving me shit at the thing last night about, uh, you know, oh, I'm so smart, you know, oh, you, oh, I'm the Madman, I'm so smart. It's like I flaunt it because it's all I got. You know what I mean? Um. But here's the thing: It's like you don't want to be the dumbest guy in Mensa. You know, you don't. You don't need to be smart to be loved. In fact, I find it an obstacle between myself and love. There are better traits to try to develop in yourself other than being intelligent, like humility, compassion. All right, let's go to the next one. Thank you for the email. Um, quote: I've been I've been trying to write a fiction book like you have. Any writing tips? Uh, sure. Um, first of all, learn to type. Uh, that I find that to be very useful when it comes to writing a book. Um, also, it has like a secondary use as like um, office skills. That So if, you know, if the writing thing doesn't work out, you can go work in an office and be able to type. So I'm, I'm just kidding. Obviously, you know how to type. Um, but seriously, when it comes to writing, you simply got to sit down and do it. You got to sit down and force yourself to do it. Me, I tend not to have any distractions. I used to write, uh, the, the books that I've published, I did write while listening to music. I don't like doing that anymore, especially because, because I'm more or less writing comedy and like, uh, insane conservative rants and so forth. So it's, uh, I kind of like to be focused on it. I I usually like no music and I like to focus exactly on my writing. That's what I recommend. Um, also I like writing drills. Um, you ever seen Finding Forrester, a movie with Sean Connery and the other guy? Um, was uh, uh, Rob Brown? And Sean Connery uh, has uh, has this dude, Rob Brown. He writes, just start copying the first paragraph, and then once you feel like you want to diverge and, t- and give your own opinion or give your own assessment of what this article is about, go ahead and do that. I think that's an excellent writing drill um, to start with. But when it, it it comes to, I think it's good to do that with if you hit a writer's block. You know. So um, I don't know how often you get writer's block, but if you get hit writer's block, it's time to start doing writing drills. Like uh, writing drills for a comedian could be something like it's like I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna write 113 your mama jokes or something like that. that that's a, those are writing drills, and I highly recommend you do it just for fun, just sit, just to sit down and write 113 your mama jokes. Your mama so f- or limited even more. It's like your mama so fat jokes. Okay. <laughs> challenging you know you know challenge yourself when it comes to writing that'll just it's just it's all it's all healthy food it's all it's all making you better as a writer um i'll always keep a pen and pad with you. pen and pad what is this 1986 you can use your phone and take notes if the ins- if some idea strikes you because i find that inspiration tends to strike you in the middle of the day and so forth um even when i'm driving if i'm driving and i have an idea that pops up in my head i'll pull out the voice notes and i'll just record me talking about this flash of insight or inspiration that I got. I highly recommend that. Um, uh, A few, a couple more things I'll uh, mention in terms of writing, writing tips. Um, A big part of writing is editing. I always say, write drunk, edit sober. (laughs) Uh, Editing is very important. I mean, there is an art to constructing a sentence. There's an art to constructing a paragraph and there's art to constructing a chapter. Um, And so you got to look at everything that you write as, you know, malleable. You know, you can change things around. For example, you could say the, the quick the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog, or you could say the exhausted dog was indifferent as the brown fox leapt over him with haste. You see what I mean? And sometimes changing a sentence around can change the tone or the impact of everything. So that would be uh Yeah. So there's more than one way to skin a, skin a human. Is that the saying? More than one way to skin a human? Yeah, okay. All right, last one. We got, I'm thinking of joining the military. Which branch should I join? Um, you you typed this incorrectly. You should you should have said, I'm thinking of joining joining the Navy. Why would I choose another branch? So I'm going to get that little bias out of the way first. Um, first of all, when it comes to joining the military, thank you. Thank you for having the courage to want to do that. Thank you for your service. Having been there myself, I know... Uh, <sighs> I didn't shit for two weeks when I got to boot camp, <laughs> so it's uh you're going you're gonna go through some stuff and, and that's and that's great and everything, but um here's the thing about what it what's going on when it comes to joining the military you need to play to your strengths, so if you if you're like an athlete in high school or even in college, um and you or you've always been fit and like a uh, what's it like a adri- adrenaline junkie. Or something like that then being an athlete or an adrenaline junkie is like you, you know maybe the Army of the Marine Corps is best for you you know because there's it's a lot of physical stuff um, it's it's constant you know constant PT, PTs being in shape if you like being in shape and having that kind of body that girls uh, dream about maybe the the army of the Marine Corps for you um, um, especially if you want to go like uh, if you want to jump out of airplanes and stuff like that you're one of those adrenaline junkies then I think the army is better about using airborne airborne infantry. And if you're going to infantry, God bless you. I mean, every single, every single movie about war or air, any single movie about, about the military tends to be focused on infantry. So, um, is, you, you know, no one makes, no one makes a movie about a radioman in, uh, uh, in the Navy. The only one I've seen is the guy who sold secrets to Russia. What was his name? Uh, Johnny Walker, Jim Beam, something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah some senior chief sold secrets to Russia and so um that's the only one I've seen' is some guy betraying his country Oh, that makes the Navy look good um yeah so if you like the physical stuff you're an athlete type of person you can um uh, the Army or Marine Corps may be for you um if you if your strengths are intelligence like I thought mine were uh when I went in went in it it's like um uh, I, I would choose the Air Force or the Navy because um, they kind of tend to focus on more um, intelligent things. Um, for example, in the Navy, there's a whole new lingo. I mean, pretty much any branch you go into, there's a whole new lingo that you have to learn for everything. But the Navy is particu- particularly particularly pernicious. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of uh, different words. It's like, what, what's a scuttlebutt? And it's like, what are you talking about, a water fountain? No, what's the Rumors? It's like, why can't you say Rumors? Or are you talking to an Army guy? And it's like, what's Joe have to say? It's like, who's that? Joe Rumor. Who's Joe Rumor? There's a whole different lingo, no matter what, what branch you're going to go in. So so eventually you got to learn it. And that kind of, like, makes you smarter, generally. Uh, additionally, like the Navy and the Air Force, they uh, tend to use a lot of technology. As you know, is like these drones and uh, automated warfare and stuff like that. It's a lot of technical jobs. And even if you, you want to go in for four years or you want to spend a career, go 20 or 30 years, uh, in the Navy or the Air Force, um, you'll get a ton of technological experience that translates over to the real world. And so um, not to discount that, you know, Marines and Army tend not to uh, focus on technology much because they're more physically focused. But then again, Marines and, and stuff like that, uh, Marines and Army guys, they can get out and still get uh, technical jobs based upon their service alone. You know, if you have some sort of inkling or, if you, or you just took, took some classes, you know, when you're uh, uh, not deployed, you know, took some online course and learned, got some skills. And there's lots of ways to educate yourself while you're in the military. If you have some downtime, there are ways to take tests. Uh, what are they called? CLEP tests, where you could just take a test and get college credit for a course. Uh, and there's plenty of ways to, you know, get uh, college credits for yourself while you're in. Even the things that you do in the military, like, uh, can transfer over to college credit. So even as you're in, you could be working towards your degree. <coughs> Unless you're an officer and... Uh, Yeah, nobody's perfect. So thank you for thinking about joining. I really appreciate it. I don't know. Did you get that picture I was was talking about earlier? Okay. Um, So, yeah, thanks for uh, thinking about joining. Uh, Thanks for wanting to serve. I appreciate everyone who goes in there. And uh, every now and then I say a prayer like a cold night. It's like I feel, I feel, I remember those days in boot camp. It's like there's some dude in boot camp right now hating life. (laughs) but you know what overall overall it's a a good experience you know people will make fun of you no matter which branch you go into if you join the navy people are going to call you squids if you join the air force people are going to call you chair force if you go in the uh uh, marines you're going to be called a jarhead and so forth and that's that's just the way that everybody razzes each other in the military you know the uh, the marine corps the jarhead thing it means like they all become these zealots and they're you know believe everything they're told but that's that's not that's not the truth they're jarheads in the sense that is like uh, the things that the military unscrews the top and puts in their head are good things you know defend your friends you know fight for your family fight for your country you know be the tip of the spear i mean that's those aren't bad things to have those aren't bad things to have drilled into your head Plus, the Marines, they, they love being Marines. They love it. They love it so much. I don't blame them. I guess I'd talk. I mean, I'm here. I mean, I, I've been out for 20 years. <laughs> Still talking about my Navy time. So, good for you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, who has sent me an email. As, as always, you know, if you don't want to be uh, mentioned your email address and you want to be anonymous, that is, of course, you're right. You tell me you don't want to be put out there, and I will respect that. Um, so thanks for emailing me. Email me at, at madman at fxbgpr.com, and I'll, uh, I'll answer your emails. Otherwise, I'm going to continue talking to myself. So are you ready to get back to work? You got jobs that need to be done? Are you in the Charlotte Hall, Maryland area? Then look no further than Royal Builders Custom Construction Company, Incorporated. Just search for them on buzzfile.com. Or you can call them at 301 884 2699. For over 24 years, Royal Builders Custom Construction Company Incorporated has specialized in non residential construction. So if you have a job you need done and done well, give Royal Builders Custom Construction Company Incorporated a call at 301 884 2699 or search for them on buzzfile.com. I will also put a link in the podcast description uh, and the YouTube description for your use. It may, may take me a couple hours to get around to that, so uh, let me get... i will It'll end up in there eventually. So, um, yeah, get it done with Royal Builders Custom Construction Company Incorporated. Be sure to tell John that Shock Monkey Radio sent you. Did you have a picture up? Oh, that's cool. We can do ads. It's been a while. Anyway, so it's time for the news worth knowing. <laughs> Okay, okay. Is there a mic on you or no? You can hear it. Because oh, okay, you're in the background? Yeah. Let's get into the news worth knowing. So uh, counties are defying state coronavirus stay-at-home orders and reopening for business. Um, as unrest continues to mount over stay-at-home orders amid the coronavirus pandemic, some con- uh, counties and towns are taking matters into their own hands by bucking their governor's edicts and reopening segments of their economies. <laughs> In California, where Governor, Governor Gavin Newsom has faced protests from Huntington Beach, excuse me, Huntington Beach to Sacramento over his statewide restrictions uh, on non-essential businesses and outdoor activities, excuse me, that's the beer talking. Three counties in the northern part of the state are defying the orders and opening up. Modoc County, a rural conservative area near California's border with Oregon. Uh, was the first to defy Newsom's restrictions by announcing that it would allow bars, restaurants, and churches to reopen last Friday. The small community, about 9,600 people, has so far reported zero cases of COVID-19. Officials in Modoc County argue that they are not outright flouting Newsom's orders, but instead are working with Sacramento and have even submitted a plan to the state public health officer. Modoc County Sheriff Tex Dowdy, if your name's Tex Dowdy, you have to become a sheriff, right? Anyway, Modoc County Sheriff Tex Dowdy said residents must still adhere to social distancing guidelines, uh, avoid mass gatherings, and stay at home if they feel sick. He added that the county's uh, emergency operations center will remain open and that county officials will continue to monitor the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, quote, we needed to put out some guidelines, Doughty told the local news station. Businesses uh, were going to start opening with or without our blessing, and we needed to ensure the health and safety of our community. Let that sink in. Businesses were going to start opening with or without our blessings. God bless America. Uh, two other counties, Yuba and Sutter, followed Modoc's lead and announced Friday that they would begin reopening certain businesses on Monday. Quote, COVID-19 is dangerous and scary, but uh, it is not the only health issue. Fong Lu, who serves as a health officer to, uh, for the two adjacent counties, said in a press release. We cannot wait for a vaccine without seeing uh, extreme economic damage done to our community. The consequences of waiting will be additional health concerns brought on by the stress and a very real dilemma for those uh, with limited resources, whether to buy life-saving food or life-saving medicines. Under the new orders, restaurants, retail uh, operators, shopping malls, construction, real estate, agricultural gyms and fitness studios, hair salons and barbershops, nail salons, spas, massage therapy centers and tattoo parlors were allowed to reopen provided they follow certain social distancing. Guidelines. So that's pretty much everything, right? The um, uh, the point is that I want to make with this article is that, you know, the point, the people were not going to be sitting around forever. What's it been? Like six weeks, people sitting in their houses. We're going, we're going to go stir crazy. People going out to the beaches and stuff like that. The government, these people in government who are trying to lock everybody up, these insane people who are trying to lock everybody up for avoiding, you know, People getting arrested for walking in a park or going to a beach. What are you doing? What are you doing? This is still America. It's not like a bunch of uh, sick people are going out. You know, it's people who are relatively healthy that are going out and about. People who know that they are at risk. They're probably staying home. Probably because I think that they're staying home probably because they don't want to die. That seems reasonable to me. But people who aren't at risk, why can't they go back to work? Why are you being such a like all these these cops that arrest people, these uh, governors that say that, or, or mayors that say that we're going to arrest you if we find you out and about? What are you doing? This is still America. You can't enslave Americans. You can't, and that's what a lot of this is: is that people are be, uh, these. Um, These liberal, these democratic leaders, uh, whether it's a mayor or a governor or something like that, are going out of their minds with power. They think that because of this pandemic, they get like free license to trample all over the Constitution and dictate the way you live your life. Everyone's always saying the uh, conservatives are the ones that want to take over and be authoritarians. But you don't see conservatives doing that. If there were a Democrat in office right now, they would try to take over this country. Trample all, all of your rights. Keep you in your house for as long as possible. But you can't do that. Human, Americans will fight back. That's what the conservatives know. And you get this like this, that lady from Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> that lady from Michigan stepping way, way outside of her boundaries. Horrible, horrible, horrible people. You don't see the conservatives doing that. You see a bunch of. Leftists, crazy progressives, trying to take power, because that's all they care about is the power to force you to live the way that they dictate. No more burgers for you. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's change to so, so, uh, something a little bit more banal. Uh, northeast to see several rounds of snow as Arctic blast pushes in, while the Southwest faces more record heat. Yeah, I know it's a big country, but holy cow. Um, a bitter Arctic blast will settle into the northeast in time for Mother's Day weekend with the possibility of snow, just as the southwest faces record heat. After summer-like warmth o- over the weekend, cooler air is al- already spreading from the Great Lakes into the northwest, uh, northeast and mid- mid-Atlantic. Ah, we count as mid-Atlantic. It's going to get cold. It's been cold today. Mm-hmm. But uh, even colder as air is on the way, late this weekend into the weekend. A bigger story... Uh, this is a quote. The bigger story is, with this is that we're going to see several rounds of snow for the first part of the interior northeast. So this first batch moves in on Thursday, Friday, and then in the second one, a more potent system moves in on Mother's Day weekend. Fox uh, Fox News Senior meteorological Meteorologist Janice Dean said Tuesday on Fox and Friends. Uh, the National Weather Service... Um, Weather Prediction Center said a storm system moving out of the Midwest will bring wet snow to areas of western Pennsylvania on Monday on Wednesday morning as colder air settles to much of the north northeast. So, um you guys you guys around Fredericksburg and north of us, you got cold air coming in here in May. That's not good. You know, the sun and the heat, that that was good for fighting the uh the virus, you know. And when it gets cold, you know, that's when, you know, uh, you know, flare-ups can happen, so that isn't good. But, you know, I think uh, California the Southwest, you know, might be okay for a while because it's going to be so damn hot, you know. I'm surprised people live down there. It's so damn hot. Yeah, a little banal palate cleanser before we go on to the next topic because uh, I've been ornery today. If I end early, I end early. I don't give it. I I don't care. I don't care. Uh, so hit hard by the coronavirus, one New York area is facing another problem, inability to afford food. Now, this is what I was talking about earlier is that we knew we need to get back to work because people are starting, starting to need food. There are starting to be, uh, supply chain problems. Um, and, uh, like, I think some like restaurants or, uh, what, what was it? Like Wendy's, it's like no more beef at Wendy's. Where's the beef? No more. And, uh. You know, there's meat meat shortages. I mean, depending upon your area, there could be food food shortages. So, what I want you to do is to be aware of your friends and family, those around you, people who need food. And it's like look, look to help them. All right. Anyway, so let me read the article before I start ranting about it. Uh, of the thrill of the three million people that live on Long Island, New York, one out of every ten people struggle with food security on a regular basis. That number has increased dramatically since the state's stay-at-home order went into effect on March 22nd. The island has seen over 65,000 cases of coronavirus and more than 3,000 related deaths. Many were also uh, let go or furloughed in the weeks since the closure, which caused an increased demand for one of the island's largest food pantry, the Island Island Harvest. With so many people in need of food, an organization like Island Harvest has struggled to fill the demand. Quote, we're not in the business to turn people away. We've never been in that business, Island Harvest CEO Randy Shubin Dresner told Fox News. But the, de- the demand was just so intense, the number of people showing up is just more than we could help. That's sad. That's no good. Uh, Island Harvest's mission is not only to provide food, but to teach people about making healthy choices when it comes to their diet. Uh, food Bank annually uh, serves around 300,000 people, but the pandemic has made that number increase exponentially. Quote, within a short period of time, we are making uh, purchases of thousands, of a thousand percent increase over the same time uh, last year. A thousand percent. That was pretty intense. It was about 12 times what we normally do, what would normally do. CEO added that even people who used to volunteer or help uh, Island Harvest with donations are now seeking help. Wow. There are people uh, that normally were our partners who would give out the food, but now they're on the other side of the line. She said, "Uh, these cases are not uh, uh, few and far between. Entire communities are changing from donors to receivers of Island Harvest's help since the shutdown. Uh, We're going into this quote. "Uh, We're going into a community next week. uh, That happens to be one of the communities that contribute to Island Harvest almost uh, the most on Long Island. And now we're going to be distributing food in that community. Dresner said, one of the most difficult things for Dresner and the dozens of volunteers is having to turn people away who need food. I imagine. I imagine that hurts. Island Harvest does not make the decision on who receives food and who doesn't. Dresner said it's a matter of time and resources. Uh, Quote, we literally stop the line and those that are at the end of the line, we have to send them away, Dresner added. So we're not choosing, it's a question of time. And all the work that we do, I would say that turning people away is probably the hardest thing that we could do. No doubt. So this is why we need to get back to work. We need to get the economy moving again is because there's so many people out of work right now and, you know, you can't eat money. And so all these uh, meat processing plants, all these cereal plants, all these food operate, uh, producing places in our country. Because we had farmers like tilling in, the, you know, their crops. You know, uh, dairies dumping their milk. If I read that correctly. Has anyone And has anyone else seen that in the news? I think I have. Maybe it was a Tim Pool video. I don't know. I absorb so much. We have to reopen because I don't want Americans dying. And here's the thing, it's like these these liberals, these Nazi liberals, they they wanna make things, they wanna turn this uh, pandemic into the most horrible thing you've ever experienced so that in November they can say, look, look how horrible it was because of Donald Trump. And they won't even mention that it was like these uh, liberal governors, these liberal, liberal mayors making your life horrible, more horrible than it had to be. They're not gonna mention that. They're gonna say, because your experience was so horrible, It's all because of Trump. I'm mad today, huh? I'm the mad man. All right, let me pull up this next article. I'm going to rant at this guy from Kansas City. Kansas City mayor defends Nazi-like policy registering uh, people attending church. What a douche. A conservative law firm is calling a a new order in Kansas City, Missouri, quote, Nazi-like for requiring churches to, quote, surveil, track, and spy on anyone who attends an in-person service, uh, but the mayor is pushing back. Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas's 10-10-10 rule took effect May 5th. That's today. Restricting restricting non-essential businesses like churches to 10 people inside and 50 people outside as long as they practice social distancing. In addition, non-essential businesses can operate at 10% maximum capacity. The mayor said in late April that venues need to keep uh, track of those who come in for more than 10 minutes, and the written order states that they should, quote, should consider maintaining a record of customers. But the mayor's office said tracking people is voluntary, the purpose of recording names and contact information is to help the health department to uh, more quickly trace uh, trace test and isolate individuals who may have been exposed to COVID-19. Uh quote Kansas City asked organizations that typically re- typically record attendance like many church gatherings on Sundays to maintain those records however they prefer in the event of a COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, Lucas told Fox News. However they prefer in the event of a COVID-19 outbreak. Okay. Lucas told Fox News in a statement Tuesday. That's today. Our, quote, Our goal isn't to see how, see what everyone is doing and to be Big Brother, but according, according to Fox 4. But that's not how many in the community see it. At least one church feared that its rights were being violated and contacted Matt Staver, a founder and chairman of Liberty Council, a legal nonprofit that has been defending churches amid coronavirus lockdown orders. Quote, they're targeting people and you have to give them your name and contact information as a prerequisite, Staver told the Tom Starn show Monday. Quote, what did they start doing in Nazi Germany? They started targeting people. They started to collect their names and their data so that they knew where they were and where they've been. Hell of a point. Attorney General Bill Barr's Justice Department is looking into the matter, according to Staver, who threatened legal action if the policy doesn't change. The, The Department of Justice recently sided with the Virginia Church suing Governor Ralph Northam after police threatened a pastor with a jail time or $2,000, a $2,500 fine for violating an executive order and holding a 16-person church service on Palm Sunday. Quote, these attacks on churches cannot stand, Stavers said. This attack on the churches cannot stand, man. Quote, we will fight fight these cases all the way way to the Supreme Court if we must. Uh, Beyond church walls, business owners have complained they can't operate under the strict guidelines, Fox 4 reports. Lucas encourages encouraged anyone who sees a business or church violating the new guidelines to report them to the city's 311 line. This is what I'm talking about. These liberal Nazis. They want to. They want to take. You know, um, there's a culture out there. There's a culture out there that has a word for it's it. It means like uh, both both crisis and opportunity at the same time. There's a culture. What's that culture? It's China. China has that same word where crisis and opportunity mean the same thing. And that's what the liberals uh, uh, believe as well. They believe this Chinese nonsense and they want to take over. They want us to be like China. Tracking people. You know, and they're the same people. They're whining their asses off, just crying all day long over the Patriot Act. Okay. Well, when we're doing it, it's okay. Like Joe Biden. Oh, it's just rumors about Brett Kavanaugh. Now, you know, you got, you got Joe Biden sniffing people like crazy and a sexual assault allegation comes out about him. It's like, oh, well, I, don't know. I don't know. We got to, you know, let justice play itself out, you know, because it's obviously not true. He's a Democrat. Democrats can't possibly do something like that. You smell good. Joe Biden. I feel bad picking on him. It's, it's so easy to dump on him. If it, it, it feels horrible. It feels dirty. Anyway, let's go on to this next story. India's capital reopens liquor stores, imposes a 70% special corona fee tax to crack down on crowds. (laughs) Oh boy. Officials in India's capital city are imposing a whopping 70% tax on alcohol purchases after residents failed to practice social distancing measures on the first day liquor stores were reopened amid the coronavirus lockdown. The upcharge in New Delhi, which, be, which is being called the special corona fee, went into effect today, Tuesday. Are they beyond the international dateline or is it yesterday? Anyway, on Tuesday, on Monday, after some lockdown restrictions were eased, thousands turned up at liquor stores without following social distancing guidelines, leading police to use batons and disperse some crowds, uh, while other stores were shut down. It was the first time residents in India could purchase alcohol since March 24th, according to the BBC. March 24th, and then they put the seven. Ooh, try that shit in America. See what happens. Uh, the ban on liquor sales formed an important component of India's ongoing six-week county, uh, countrywide, countrywide lockdown, and was meant to prevent the spread of COVID-19 virus by limiting social gatherings. The ban, however, also de- uh, deprived state governments uh, in India of tax revenue. New Delhi wasn't the only location in the country that drew plenty of people looking to buy drinks on Monday. Similar scenes were reported in cities like Mumbai and Prayagraj, Sorry, India. India has recorded nearly 45,000 cases and more than uh, 1,500 deaths from the coronavirus. On Tuesday, the country reported almost 3,900 new infections for its highest single-day rise. So, uh, yeah, I had to know they had over a month. I I didn't read that earlier when I pre-read the article. Since March 24th? It's over a month with no liquor? Mm. Yeah, no wonder people were running, running to the liquor store. All right, we're 650 here. Uh, I got one more story. Uh, you know I like to end on a more positive note. So, uh... Star Wars cast celebrates May the 4th fans by sharing messages of hope. Uh, yeah. The cast of Star Wars uh, movies took to social media on Monday, May 4th, to celebrate Star Wars Day with their fans remotely amid the corona, coronavirus pandemic. Every year, fans seize the opportunity to say May the 4th be with you. Mm. Effectively turning the calendar date Calendar date into an annual celebration of the Bluff franchise. While everyone is forced to sit at home and uh, self-isolate to help curtail the spread of the coronavirus, many utilize social media to share the celebration with followers or simply announce that they are binge-watching the movies. <laughs> Disney and Lucasfilm even released a brief video in which the characters from the franchise movies, TV shows, and video games call for unity and advocate and advocate fighting together. Uh, seemingly hinting at the unprecedented time the world is facing. Fortunately for fans that needed to uh, pick me up this uh, Star Wars day, many of the franchise's cast members didn't disappoint. Whether they had a major role in the films or a smaller one, celebrities far and wide took to social media to celebrate uh, May 4th alongside fans. Uh, this is from uh, a quote, May the 4th and 4th defeat our invisible enemy and bring healing, health, safety, and... And love to all the smiling faces with sunglasses. Hashtag Lando. Hashtag May the 4th be with you. Hashtag Coke 45. I'm kidding. I wish you had done that too. <laughs> that was from Billy Dee Williams. Of course, Lando Calrissian. the man. Uh, C-3PO actor Anthony Daniels uh, celebrated Star Wars Day by reading excerpts from his book. Eh. Eh. It seems like an ad for yourself. Uh, who am I to judge? Um the uh, patreon.com slash ShockMonkeyRadio. radio. So Anthony Daniels read excerpts from his books in which he discusses take uh taking on the role of the iconic android on Instagram. Is he an Android? C3V on Android? I thought he was a robot. I guess Androids is short for droid. Or droid is short for Android. Yeah. Okay, fine. Stupid semantics, Star Wars semantics. Uh, In addition to sharing a slew of behind-the-scenes photos and videos from the making of the latest trilogy on Instagram, John Boyega asked fans to share how they were celebrating. Uh, Happy Star Wars Day. May the Force be with you. How are you all celebrating? (laughs) Watching Hashtag Rise of Skywalker with Sis. That's cool. Uh, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, shared a video which uh, cute animated versions of classic Star Wars characters appeared on the screen. On the screen. Uh, May the fourth bewitch you, he wrote. Uh, Daisy Ridley made a brief video of herself wishing fans a happy Star Wars Day and pretending to use her Force powers to zip a toy lightsaber to her. That's awesome. Uh, Billy Lord, who has a small role in the movies, and whose late mother uh, Carrie Fisher played the iconic uh, princess-turned-General Leia, uh, shared a message of hope alongside her mom's picture on Instagram. This is sweet. My heart goes out to everyone who has lost someone they loved. During this beyond surreal time. Caption the post. God bless you, Terry Fisher. Uh, so I guess Andy Serkis was in the Star Wars movies at some point. Says, because uh, he, uh, he wrote, May the fourth be with you, now more than ever. Uh, Mandalorian actress, Gina Carano, celebrated by sharing a piece of her fan art uh, of her character. Is it Gian Collar Esposito? I don't know. Uh, buh, buh, buh. Anyway, I don't know that guy's name. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I might as well end the show. Yeah, yesterday was May the 4th. Today is May the 5th. Tomorrow's May the 6th. That's how time works. So it's uh, it's cool that, you know, people like Mark Hamill and uh, Billy D. Williams, you know, come out. And they s- still remember being that kind of character. I mean, if you ran into Billy D. Williams, what would be the first thing you'd say? I'd be like, Lando, you know. I, don't know. I wish he had done the hashtag Colt 45. I thought that, that would have been nice. So, um... So, here's the thing about the Star Wars movie. Quit fucking them up! Fucking them up. Quit fucking them up! Oh. I love that franchise so much, and that's why I care about what Mark Hamill says and what Billy Dee Williams says. You know, and so, it just, why... You know, why do you have to infuse all this SJW stuff? And like, why do you have to, have, to be, have these quotas of the number of women and ca- the number of Karens <laughs> and black people and Asian people that and, and Hispanic people that have to be in every movie? The mo- it should be about the story. Not that's what was good about the first movies. It was about the story. It was only later after what everyone said is like, how come there's no black guys in Star Wars world? And they're like, oh, well, that's a good point. Well, we'll write in this one guy Lando, and then we'll ha- blow another one up in Return of the Jedi. It doesn't always have to be like that. Doesn't there? Doesn't always have to be a quota. That does. Some, sometimes a story happens in Scandinavia. You know what I mean. Sometimes a story happens in Wakanda. Some there are some places in this world that are not one hundred percent racially represented. Okay, <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay that there's a Scandinavia. That's it's kind it of sucks that there's no, no Wakanda. But there are countries like like Wakanda. It would be awesome if there was a Wakanda. If I were an African warlord, I would make my country. I would call it Wakanda. That's what I would do. Anyway, we're close enough to seven o'clock. I really need to pee. Um, be sure to check uh be sure to check out our sponsor, um Royal Builders Custom Construction Company, um, out of uh, Charlotte Hall Maryland. Give them a call, 301-884-2699. Tell them Shock Monkey Radio sent you. Go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. I hope you enjoyed the freebies over this last month. Um, I'm the madman, and I love you.